excellent guests, Digital Brains. Why did I bring them on? Well, for one, uh, they're really handsome young gentlemen. And two is they're doing a lot to support our community right now, especially with Canines and Warriors. Really cool dudes. Digital Brains. What's Woo! up, Piccolo? Adam, Corey, welcome. Thank you. Thank I love you. this, man. So, I mean, just for the audience, Adam and I grew up in the same small town, the same state that Bruce Springsteen came from. Right. And all the other Bon Jovis and bad hair and everything else, man. And the misfits. You can't oh, Yeah, the-, the misfits, man. You guys, you know, Corey, big punk guy. Adam, you are well known in the country circles. But the band Digital Brains is well-versed into the hard rock culture. And I love it. I love the tunes. Um, we've been talking about it a while, trying to like see what would fit for the community. And I, th- I think you're really hitting it right on the head, man. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about developing your, you know, the song and, and why you support Canines for Warriors. Well, man, you know what? For me personally, you know, I think of how lucky I am to be well-known in the country music scene, to be one of those guys that gets to play music for a living. And I don't have to worry about my family because there are people that have balls to go fight for this country and protect this country, no matter who's in office, no matter what the political view is, they are going, yes, sir, I will do this, or yes, ma'am, I will do this. And some of them are affected in a bad way, PTSD, mm-hmm. uh, brain trauma injuries, you know, and uh, that's Canine for Warriors. It was started by a woman named uh, Sherry Duvall, I believe is her name. Her son served two tours in Iraq as a, a bomb dog handler, and he came back with PTSD, and, and she had experience um, with, um, with veteran affairs and raising money. Uh, sorry, can't talk. Um, I, I play music. I can't speak. <laughs> anyway, she, uh, she had she had experience, you know, with raising funds for veterans. So she looked in the PTSD uh, dogs and all this stuff and decided this was her calling to do and to help her son and to help other warriors. Um, and they're also rescuing dogs. That's what I was thinking about the dogs that kind of tripped my brain there. So they're not only rescuing warriors, they're taking rescue dogs. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, when I saw my wife got to go there, uh, Katie, and she got to interview those people and shine a little light on them for CMT. And, you know, just kind of pulled on my heartstrings, you know, just doing great stuff, man, for people that need it. These people that fight for us and go and do whatever is needed and they come back damaged and they need support and they need a friend. There's such a stigma behind mental health. I, I finally, after, you know, almost 30 years started talking about it. But there's so many of my peers that have gone through such intense experiences and the love of like an animal is like, sometimes you can't get that from a human being. You can't get that, that interaction, that selfless love. And you know, the cool thing about canines for here, uh, warriors is that it's not political, man. No. How do you not get behind it? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Exactly. Exactly. And, it's, and those, these people need it, you know, for many different reasons. Yeah, you know, man. One person may need it for a different reason than another, 
you know, but the coolest story Katie told me from that thing, it wasn't used in their footage, but there was a person walking through um, a field, I think she said like about 50 yards away or something, and it got everybody's attention. And the dog that was with the man she was interviewing jumped up and put its paws on his shoulders. You know, when he mm -hmm. saw the reaction of the people and then he saw this person that was unidentified and he knew that it might trip a sense in his buddy, you know, and as soon as it was gone, the dog settled back down, sat down. It's like dogs are amazing. Smartest things on the planet, man. Absolutely, man. They outsmart us, you know, but it's amazing what they're doing, you know, and, and they need help. I think they have a long waiting list and, you know, so, you know, well, money time anything people can donate is great so you know you guys that one of the toughest things is not i deal with a lot of nonprofits and part of a nonprofit um is raising awareness that they're actually out there a lot of people want to give a lot of people want to either give share do whatever they can but if they don't have knowledge of that nonprofit they won't be able to so what, it's it's hustle man it's a hustle it's music music is one of the biggest hustles um uh, outside of acting where you're trying to get something out there where it's an actual art. And I know a lot about Adam's background. I want to know about Corey's background. And we'll get into you, Adam, in a minute here. But Corey. That's what I'm going to eat. You talk to this gentleman here. Adam's going to sit back there and eat, and we're going to edit out Adam's lip smacking. But Corey, I want to hear about you, man. How did you – oh, stop it. Where's he going? <laughs> Corey, here, I want to know about how you got into this whole music business. Um, Self-described absolute punk man um like old well i shouldn't say old school i don't know how old you are but to old school to me is like 80s 90s punk yeah pretty much so, yeah I mean, man that's, that's how'd you I get into up. it you know i'm from i'm from vermont my dad's a musician we've always had a, a studio in our home and uh pretty much i mean my parents grew up in vermont in the 70s and they were total hippies um so they were very very free thinking in the in the terms of how restrictive they were going to be on how they raised me if whatever i was into they were going to support um unless it became detrimental to my future my health or yeah. you know, any kind of stuff like that they were really cool about that you know they they were very straightforward like look whatever you want to try to do we've done it and you need to know that we're not bailing you out if you get yourself in trouble you need to be smart about the decisions you make, but just know that if we tell you not to do anything, you're going to do it. And we know you're going to do it anyway. So if you do it, know that we're not helping you get out of the situation. So be smart. And that for some reason just stuck with me pretty hard. So <clears throat> we moved down to Nashville because my dad could make more music playing country down here than you could in Vermont. And I've been here since 96 no. no, 93, 93. And uh, I pretty much grew up here. Um, my dad, again, he, he painted during the day. Um, he has his own painting company. It's just him. So he would paint from sunup till sundown and then gig at Opryland Hotel back when Opryland Hotel is what Broadway oh, is now. Um, he was a part of that whole Rat Pack before every, anyone ever made it um, that uh, you know of now. My dad was part of that whole crew where they would just hop from bar to bar and play, mm -hmm. play all night long come home get up crack a dawn and go paint all day and he did that man six seven days a week 
and it never felt like he wasn't there, um, which is pretty cool. And it really taught me the hustle of what you need to do to, to be able to do what you love and provide for your family at the same time. So I had that as a really cool kind of positive influence in terms of a father figure, just busting his ass and still playing music. The hustle, man. Yeah. So then I got, you know, I have an older brother who got into punk rock stuff. And I, of course, just couldn't get enough of it. Followed him around everywhere, listened to all the music he listened to. So I was introduced into, you know, the, the Misfits, Vandals, Bad Religion, Pennywise, um, even some like Total Chaos, he exploited, you know, just some real like the Dead Milkmen. <laughs> some, some real, some yeah, man. Real, yeah. like, I go back and listen to it now and I'm like, oh, God. But at the same time, the message with all of that stuff was really consistent and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was just think for yourself, question everything, and make the best decision you can without hurting other people. Listen, we don't become free thinkers overnight. Sometimes it's a message. Music has been, it's not just the military community. It's not just emergency responder community. It's everybody has a connection to music. Um, and getting there, but there's so much content out there now is trying to find the niche that works for you and works for your audience. Because at the end of the day, you're really, like me, I could podcast to five people. I'm perfectly happy with that. But the thing is, I want to get this message out there. Same thing with you guys and your music. Um, I want to know, you know the hustle. How does Adam become part of the variable? Or how do you become part of Adam's variable? Or how does Digital Brains even begin? Man, my, my wife... Um, Adam and my wife were part of this thing called the music mafia back when Adam was playing with big and rich. Mm-hmm. And I ran into my wife, John want John rich wanted to sign this duo. I was doing, he wanted to like, I don't know, produce us or something. And I met Jen, my wife through him because she was his personal assistant. She hired me for a gig one night that she did cause she does spoken word poetry. And um, pretty much from that night on, we've been together. And the, one of the first things she ever said to me was you have to meet my friend, Adam. You guys are like the same, you have the same, you're the same person. You need to play music together. Mm-hmm. She called it, I'm talking like a week into our relationship. She said this to me and you know, it, it took time, but you know, I, uh, I started going to all these music mafia shows they were doing, you know, with my wife and meeting all these people and talking to Adam a little bit at a time. You know, I didn't want to just kind of interject myself with all these successful people because Honestly, I didn't care about what any of them were doing because that's yeah. just how I am. I just wanted to get to know them as people. And it was one of those things where when everybody else just kind of faded away because I wasn't trying to sell myself, mm-hmm. work with them, we kind of started a, a relationship and a, a friendship that was genuine through all that kind of crap. I'm glad you mentioned genuine because genuine is the key if you want to get anything done. You know, once we get to our age, uh, we're all probably around the same age. You get to the point where you don't need that spotlight. You don't need this. You don't need to be like awestruck. You just want to have genuine relationships with genuine people and just do good things, man. It's like to just be putting out a good product. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Digital brains together. Now it's time for Adam. Sitting back there, hungry as shit. Uh, Beer. I brought your fresh beer, by the way. Oh, thanks, dude. 
Oh, well, cheers, guys. Look what kind of friend I am. I uh, I hide my my Kraken and Coke and my my mug with my protectors. Steal it. I got to send you guys some stickers. And that, I need one of those. You do, bro. I got a ton of them. Adam, um, your life wasn't easy. It's not just one day I'm going to go work for all the the top you know producers in the world and you're producing stuff. You're doing all sorts of crazy shit. I haven't talked to you in years up until maybe four, five, six years ago. We had a, a, a really great friend together um, that has since passed, but your life was never roses. You, you had a loss at a young age and uh, I didn't have mine till later on in life, but you've always been musically inclined for as long as I could possibly remember. You go to a, you go to a prestigious school when you're young, you get out, when did your hustle begin? How did you get into this whole spectrum? Damn, I think I think it began before it began. You know, I I always like I knew it's what I wanted to do. You know, um, I think I stopped playing. Well, I started playing guitar when I was five. I stopped for one year, and that was when my brother died. Yeah. Um, ironically, I, I don't know why. If that was the reason, excuse me. Um, but I do remember. Going well, back. didn't you, you and your brother used to play together? You think my, that might have been something I had to do he with it. He played drums, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if we ever, I, I can't, I don't have a memory of us playing together. Yeah. I have a memory of sitting in his room playing his drums after he passed away. You know, that's that's my biggest memory of the music with him. And the fact that he listened to good music. And when he left, mm -hmm. he left me to listen to other music that wasn't as good. God, I wish he was around longer so he could say, don't listen to that crap, you know? Um, but no, but man, I, you know, it was right out. I, I knew I wanted to do music. Um, you know, I was always excited. You know, my dad sold cars in Jersey, you know? Uh -huh. And one day he came home and he said, you'll never guess what I'm, who's selling cars with me. And I'm not going to mention the guy's name because he may not want to be affiliated with that, but this was a guy in a big famous person's band and this guy fired the band. And all of a sudden this guy's selling cars. It was my first lesson in music. Yep. But it still to me was, Oh, you're selling cars with him. That's freaking awesome. It wasn't, Oh my God, he's selling cars. It's you're selling, you're selling cars with that guy. You know, that guy now is still a working musician. You know, he's, he's probably 15, 20 years older than me. Um, but it still excited me. It wasn't, it didn't bum me out that he was selling cars and had to sell cars. He was just doing what he had to do. Um, and then, uh, you know, I moved to Nashville. I only stayed up in Blairstown for maybe half a year or a year after I graduated. And um, was with a guy named Nathan Lee in Pennsylvania. We had a band and somebody wanted to make us stars down here. And we moved down following the dream. You know, and, and the biggest part about it is I was talking to a younger songwriter the other night on the phone. He's talking about giving up. We've been we're not really giving up, but moving. And I'm, I could still write songs from afar. And, you know, and but, you know, if something doesn't happen in a year, I might, you know, just and I'm going, dude, there are no guarantees in the music business. Mm -hmm. Only guarantee. Like any business is if you give up, you will not make it. Absolutely. I never gave up, you know, and if you give up, you don't get in the right place at the right time, which is a big part of it. You don't meet the right people, you know, 
thank goodness I had the talent to back it up, but I was in the right place at the right time a lot of times. But you know, I used, I used that strength. Losing my brother gave me strength, man. I, I felt like that could, uh, it gave me wings, man. Cause I, I knew he was flying right here the whole time and still, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, now I got more angels around me. So I just, I'm just thankful for all of them, you know, including the show, especially. Yeah, exactly, man. I, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> so Adam and I lost our awesome girl, man. And I, I lived with her in hope. Like what I used to, we grew up with a, a similar, well, the same friend and uh, man, just a really powerful, powerful, strong person. And when you get around someone that passes like that, you're like, why them? Out of all the complete, utter shitbags in the world, why them? And <laughs> yeah. you're like, am I doing the right thing? Am I on the right path? And it kind of gives you a kick in the ass, man. The same thing happened like when your brother died. And I'm sure is like, you're like, huh. You, you have to emulate something else. Yeah. You have to find that passion. And, you know, music, uh, life, acting, podcasts, and work. It's a job. It's something you really, it's, it's a passion, but you really got to put work into it, man. Oh yeah. yeah. It might not be a paying job, but it is something you have to hustle and by hustle and people understand hustle. Sometimes they don't understand. You have to have a plan. You have to network. And like you said, being in the right place at the right time. If you're an asshole and you could be in the right place and meet that right person and you're an asshole, they're going to see you're an asshole a million miles away. Yeah. Absolutely. And then those people seem, seem to get filtered out. You know, I've never, I watched that yeah. one a lot. Oh yeah. You know, those, those people have not been welcomed here. <laughs> Away. You guys are doing great things, man. The band. Um, I remember you guys used to do a lot of ACDC. Oh yes. Yes. Corey a lot of ACDC, sat man. with that for a while. We, we kind of went through a circle of drummers just because of schedules and stuff like that. And, um, of course, my favorite one for the gig was this one right here. Mm. He's lying. So, Obviously. He does lie. He texts me a little bit before. You've got to see this freaking guy play live. It, it, it's mind-numbing. It's, yeah. it's just mind-numbing. My mind crews um, after, I, I, after I this. Nah. But uh, Rich- yeah, we, we love the ACDC. Who, who does not? Uh, but, you know, his, speaking of his punk background, the first music we did together was... <laughs> Sitting in my apartment um, during a, a separation from my first wife, and uh, him and Jen lived in apartment through the trees. <laughs> Literally, we walked through the trees, one line of trees, and about twenty feet, and there was his condo. And and uh, so anyway, they'd come over, and you know, we'd have a couple beers or something or something. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we wrote punk songs like. Just the funniest punk songs that I don't know where they are, if they exist, but they're in here. One was uh, All the Superheroes Are Dead. And It's a Douche Party Put on Your Ed Hardy. Uh, <laughs> Ed Hardy, man. Yeah. Um, I need to get some Ed Hardy shirts. Well, yeah, you do. Was, uh, then we could yeah. sing to you. With a dragon. With a dragon. Yeah, I like your shirt. <laughs> oh, I might as well give a shout out to my UK brethren out there, Explosive Design Apparels, Ex-Biltary in UK. So hey, guys. I like the original tunes and, you know, Adam and I were talking about what would be a great tune that would really 
surmise with the the military community and I, I really like it man at the end of the show i'll play it um add links to it and everything else but developing that song is that like an individual or was that like a teamwork uh it became a teamwork you know it started honestly that one was hatched prior prior to before uh, digital brains and uh it was me and another guy started writing it and then i brought it to the band and we finished it and then we tweaked the lyrics a little bit and i think uh so it's, it was a, it was definitely a team effort but it started with an outside guy named chad cromwell another drummer this is before yeah man so it was a team effort and you know and that i realized that song would be perfect for doing something to help you know, after you and I spoke. and Yeah, and definitely, man. I think it's a empowering song, you know. I so. love it, man. I do. And, and I actually uh, I actually downloaded it for once. Yeah. No, I downloaded it before, but I'm just saying. And Suncat, man, I've, I've downloaded all that. I love it, man. Let's hear about the rest of the band. And we don't want to just, you know, I'm talking to you two. I want to give kudos or kudos. Let's well, talk the band. Let's talk engineering. Who all is involved with this process? He's not here. He, took, he chose money over us. Today. Yeah, the, the third, well, I'm, I don't want to give him an equal number of what we are. The, the other guy <laughs> with this duo. Um, this bass player, his name's Danny Falo. He's, he's phenomenal. He worked with me at this, this company I worked at, and I let him hear some of our music because at the time it was just Adam and I. <clears throat> and he goes, man, can I audition for you guys? And I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, and I, we'll send these three songs to him, you know, and he comes to Adam's dungeon studio that he had at the time. And we ended up playing like six or seven songs and he had all the harmonies and he would just killed it. And it was like, yeah. it was perfect. And uh, he bailed on today because he has to, you know, he's a, he's a gigging musician. And yeah, right you now gotta work, bro. Start to open up. So any chance you could get as a player now to yeah, get absolutely, a man. downtown, you, you got to do so. Uh, very understandably, he got offered a gig tonight, and it was like he's got to yeah, do it. Do it absolutely. I should say side note: he's better looking than the two of us combined. Dude, he's crazy, man. He is. Oh. I've seen pictures of him. <laughs> His dad was a marine. Yep. Danny, Danny Senior was a marine. Uh, thankfully, with no PTSD issues. Good. He even served in Vietnam and made it through that with just flying colors. Yeah. He's here and he is okay. You know, good man, miracle, miracle. And he, you know, Danny wears his the boots that his dad had in the military in Vietnam that he wore every day. He wears them, Danny has them, and he wears Hmm. them every day. And they're, I think it's the coolest thing. Um, so that that history, you know, my my grandparents were my grandmother was a nurse of World War II, my grandfather was a bomber pilot. Um, it just this just made sense for us to do this with this song for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons that would take more time than this interview. Uh, but to be able to do it and to get it to an outlet where it could do something, regardless of if it's money or just awareness or whatever, um, it means a lot to us. Hey, you know, the thing is I'm looking forward to watching you guys live. I'm looking forward to us getting back to a normal semblance of uh, life. And that's where these gigs really help out is when you get into the community. Yeah. Gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on the show. After the sh- stay tuned after the show, I'm going to put the clip up. Uh, when do we expect the video, man? I got to get a badass video out there. I don't know, but I'll tell you just real quick a couple other things we got going on. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Just real quick. Uh, no, take your time, man. Coming out tonight 
obviously not when this airs, but with Chuck D. And oh, yeah. Boy called We Could. And it's another song about, we, we, we write about what's going on. You yeah. The song Troy and I wrote years ago. Um, and Chuck ended up singing on it, and then we added the boys onto it, and um, and I talked to your boy Forensic. Yeah, man. Because I was thinking he's doing something with Chuck D, right? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get that far with. I him. can't remember. Yeah, man. What else is going on? Do the same. That that that's it to me. That's a lot. You know. That's to, huge. Yeah. yeah. Chuck, Chuck D, bro. D. We got this song out. It's it's catching a lot of streams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we well, we do have a TV show or. Uh, internet TV show. I don't know the proper thing YouTube, right? It's a YouTube show. Yeah. That we can't say much about until we get to film it. COVID is in there, but we might have a little uh, TV show thing going on. I need something, man, but the very Cavalry is off the air, so I can't, I need something else for that now. It's going to be like our own digital brains reality show. I love it, man. Entertaining. Yeah. So, Gentlemen, I appreciate it. Nice love. Thank you for having us. My brother.